one of the more over-the-top Southern-isms. And what I mean by Southern-ism is if you're born in the South, Trey Lyle, born in Richmond, Virginia, or thereabouts, I was born right here in the greater Lynchburg area, about 15, 20 minutes from the studio. Used to be Virginia Baptist Hospital. Now it's got some kind of a different name, but, uh, you know, whatever. They don't sponsor the fast lane, so we're going to go with Virginia Baptist Hospital. So you got these Southern isms. One of them is bless their heart. Bless their heart. You know, it doesn't generally mean something positive is going to follow from that. Another Southern ism is the couched comment. And sometimes people say it with the deliberate intention of insulting someone. Other times it's more to temper expectations or to put things in context. I would say what we're about to say hopefully falls into the most latter of that. Just to put things in context. Because Liberty University on July 1st, 2023, became officially a member of Conference USA. And that in and of itself, the date, this is where it may sound insulting to Liberty apologists, it's more symbolic than anything else. The reason I say that is not to insult Liberty. Yes, getting into a conference at the FBS level. And let's be honest, we're using that term because this is college football driven. And we know college football is responsible for the revenue, 80% thereabouts, of most every single college athletic program. It's the big revenue generator. Followed by men's and women's basketball and then pretty much everything else. So it's a football driven move. The move to go to Conference USA, when Liberty was invited and accepted that invitation a couple of years ago, that was the big moment for Liberty. Now, yes, they would have loved to have been in the Sun Belt. We can rehash this, uh, and maybe it's worth reminding people. Instead, the Sun Belt went with a couple of Virginia schools, Old Dominion, James Madison. Probably very different projections for them this upcoming football season. More on that tomorrow with Oliver Hodgkinson, who does a lot of NFL draft analyst work for Pro Football Network, but that also means he studies a lot of college football, and that's becoming a bigger role for him. So he's got a broader perspective. But the other part to this that's fascinating is the fact that for Liberty, it's symbolic in the sense that it shows they can play nice with other schools. Because let's not forget here, the reason why Liberty, in a lot of people's eyes, and I think there's some merit to this, but did not get an invite to bigger conferences. For one, the Power 5 conferences, or Power 2 plus the other three, SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, Pac-12. They weren't going to add Liberty. There's not enough there from a brand cachet standpoint, sorry, Liberty, to a fan base, although you could argue Liberty has got a more passionate fan base than certain Division I programs, and granted it depends on where you're comparing them sports-wise because it varies from different sports. But here's the thing. Liberty could have been a candidate. I I don't rule out that they could still be a candidate. As the plate shift in college athletics. Now, do I expect Liberty to be the target of the SEC or the Big Ten? If slash when they look to grow. No, I really don't. But let's just say the ACC gets plucked and they fall apart. Whenever, you know, the 2020-2036 gets closer. Some of those schools will go to the SEC. Some of them will go to the Big Ten. Some of them may go to the Big 12 and there may be an opportunity for Liberty there. It's not imminent because the ACC is bound together for the next 
whatever it is, 13 years, however long we are until the summer of 2036, which I guess we're about at the 13-year mark now. Unlucky for that conference. Pac-12. I tend to believe if Oregon and Washington were that desirable that you had to have them now, the Big Ten would have already gone after them. Not to say that they won't eventually, but they could buy their time. They're in a position of power. They have the most money, and that will only grow. But we're seeing things change. Is the Big 12 going to raid the Pac-12? Is the Pac-12 going to raid the Big 12? If you ask me which one gives the perception of being more organized, I would clearly say it's the Big 12 over the Pac-12. But I don't pretend to be an expert in that particular area. But as those things change, other conferences shift. The more Liberty shows they can play nice with other schools, combined with the fact that they are willing to commit resources to competing at a higher level and building up their brand, then that Liberty brand, which was recognized and is well-known across the country and has been for a while, and you could argue for some of the not-so-great reasons previously under prior administrations, and things have theoretically calmed down over the last couple of years, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, if you get where we're going with this, that all of a sudden Liberty shows they can play well and there's a lot of viability, then all of a sudden Liberty becomes a more attractive candidate. Time's actually on their side. This is a trial run for Liberty. That's where the symbolism of Liberty joining Conference USA matters. The July 1st, 2023 date isn't the big one in this. Okay, now they're officially part of Conference USA. Yes, it's worth celebrating to an extent with Liberty. They're in a better conference than they were in the A-Sun. But what Liberty really gains out of this is now they're officially part of a conference that can officially be working on action. Not discussing plans, but starting to implement them. That's where it comes in for Liberty. That's where July 1st, 2023 matters. Am I tampering it down a little bit? Yeah. But now Liberty can say, hey, we can play nice. We can work well with others. We can collaborate. And I get there's an irony to this because Ian McCall has a very good history of working well with other athletic directors. I think the crown jewel example of that actually was when Liberty had that COVID game that COVID canceled for them at Coastal Carolina. And Liberty worked with Coastal and BYU to literally insert BYU as an opponent on like 73 hours notice for Coastal Carolina. So they weren't devoid of a home game and college game day coming to that campus. That's the example. That's your arch rival and Liberty worked with them. Now, granted, they plucked their head football coach a couple of years later. But hey, that's the example of Liberty having more resources. But you show both of those off, this is good. So for Liberty, there's progress that's already been made. Now you're showing that off. And you're getting further away from, again, prior administrations. Read into that what you will. You might have a good idea where we're going with it. Kind of like when we reference Dan Snyder and we always say may or may not. You know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge here if you get where we're going with this. So for Liberty, that's the big moment for them. They're in Conference USA. It started in the bigger moment was getting and accepting the invitation, even though it wasn't the desired conference, I would say understandably so, of a lot of, a lot of Liberty fans who would have loved the Sun Belt. I think that was reasonable to think that could have happened. One of the AAC, I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but now you're at least somewhere and you have a path to grow, a path to continue to win. And frankly, you got the resources to go out and do it. This is the starting point for Liberty Trey. That's where the celebratory nature comes in. Do I temper it down if I'm a Liberty fan because we already knew they were going to Conference USA? Yes. But is it worth celebrating at least the fact that now you can conduct business in a new conference and have another launch point to continue to grow your athletic department and your overall university brand? Yeah, I think that's reasonable as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a good day, but it's a day we already knew. Um, it's To me, it was uneventful. It's like, oh, it's official. They had Conference USA on their field last year when they were independent, which I thought was <laughs> funny. Point. Uh, so they've kind of already ready for this. Um, yeah, it's a weird day. I mean, it's kind of like uh, the finalizing of a divorce. Like, it, we already knew it was going to happen. It's just official now. I think is a good way to feel like it's the finalizing of them divorcing from their independence. Uh, I guess they already moved in with Conference USA, as you know, because they painted they, the logo on the field. I was going to say maybe maybe this is like the um, you know like they had the wedding already, but the for whatever reason they couldn't get the the weddings uh, the wedding license signed in time. So it's like two weeks, like a year later, they finally got the wedding license signed. I guess is the better way to put it, but. Um, or are they just ready to move on? Uh, it's yeah. So it, it's good for Liberty. This is a a much needed step. I think they needed kind of everything to hit the fan for it to happen, but uh, it, it did, and uh, we move on. And um, you you got to give them uh, give them credit where credit is due. No, one hundred percent for Liberty. They got here. And, and look, they now have the point to say, hey, we know what we're doing, and we're going to be able to work with others while still putting our best foot forward to win. And that was the one of the other drawbacks. Yes, we mentioned prior administrations as being a concern for Liberty from other conferences. And remember, we're dealing with the world of academia. It's more of a uh, left-leaning world, and Liberty's just school in and of itself. Doesn't have the reputation for being that, never mind kind of the hostility of prior administrations at Liberty, uh, which also didn't exactly show you could play well in the sandbox, despite the fact that they have a very good athletic director who has a reputation of doing that, and we've outlined a number of those examples. The ES Baylor situation aside, and again, I maintain more that was more Browse than, than McCall, though he was there, was under his watch. But by and large, he's got a reputation of being able to do this uh, now at two different universities and navigating those murky waters. I mean, if I'm in Liberty's shoes, is it ideal? No, because I'd rather be in one of those other conferences right now. But is this a better day now, July 5th, 2023, that Liberty is officially in Conference USA? than it was a couple of years ago when they were an independent and had no guaranteed slot on the horizon. Yes, that is a positive for Liberty, and it allows them to keep building towards something in the future. Do you need to build towards something in the future? Maybe it's with your company. Maybe it's an outing at the Lynchburg Hillcats with general admission or reserve passes, tickets as they are, plus a $10 food voucher with each one. You can select the game you want to go to. First come, first get, of course. But shop now at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Maybe it's building into the future the education of your family, your kids in particular. We think about that all the time in my household. Well, you got to keep them engaged mentally and with cool activities over the summer, like Sequest of Lynchburg. Maybe it's building toward the future of whatever your athletic accomplishments are. For me, just finished wrapping up a race series, uh, a number of races. Now trying to recharge and figure out if it's the Salem Half Marathon or 8K in early October and the Star City Half Marathon, or 10K in November. Both are on the horizon. I don't know which one. If you're like me and you want to run one of those events and you need to get in shape and start that journey right now, go ahead and go to InsaneRadioDeals.com. Grab those Crosswhite Athletic Club individual, couple, or family memberships. And the membership comes with access to the pool, of course, it's one of the best spots in the area for birthday parties. I've been to a couple there. It's a really cool venue. You've got access to that. Tennis courts. I'm a big tennis fan, as you guys know, not just to bet on, but also to, to play. It's really neat there. Great indoors. Love it when it gets to the colder weather seasons. So 
you can enjoy that as well. Insaneradiodeals.com. Now there are other topics Trey and I get to address, including <laughs> schools that don't seem to have their act together like Liberty University in the Fast Five at Five-ish. Time for the fa- It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Well, apparently we were shaking off our own form of rust, but... Who looks really bad right now? Worse than us, of course. It's the San Diego State University board and their outlook going forward. The Mountain West Conference in San Diego State, they are reportedly at odds as the Aztecs have attempted to smooth over their awkward exit but non-exit from the league. See, the San Diego State board voted to bail on the Mountain West Conference, hoping they would get an invite to the Big 12 or more likely the Pac-12 if the Big 12 grabs some Pac-12 schools say Colorado, Arizona, Utah and maybe Arizona State or some blend of those or to have left the Pac-12 to go to the Big 12 within the Pac-12 may look for other schools in San Diego State thought all that could happen hoped that would happen yes we just cursed twice using the H word hope hope is not a plan And that seems like what it was with San Diego State. It's an awkward exit. Now the school doesn't want to pay any type of fee. Meanwhile, the conference is saying, hey, you know, we had money that was withheld. We're not going to go pay that back. It's a really murky situation. And, you know, frankly, I don't blame the Mountain West Conference at all. San Diego State, classic phrase of overplaying your hand. This is quintessential to that. Number four. Chase Coleman. Former Virginia Cavalier walk-on now has accepted a spot as a graduate assistant with the goal of being a basketball coach, a head basketball coach, but starting as a graduate assistant for Tony Bennett's programs. This according to sources that have confirmed to Mike Barber and his colleagues at Richmond.com. Obviously, we would tend to believe they're very well sourced on that. Where this is always fascinating is it fits the mold of who makes great coaches, I believe, in college athletics. It's not the star players who oftentimes struggle as coaches or executives. The NBA, one of the best coaches in the NBA, not on the level of Trey's guy, Eric Spolstra for Miami, but Steve Kerr. He was a great role player, kind of saw what everyone's role was and knew what his was as well and could see that from a team. Look at some of Mike London's staff. Laugh about his time at Virginia all you want and it's very valid. He's done a really good job at William & Mary. Finding guys that were overachievers in their particular profession may have had to mature a little bit and realize, "Ah, I'm not as good as I thought I was to go to the NFL. So I'll go back and be an assistant coach in college. Matt Johns is the most notable one, the offensive assistant who's starting to work his way up. But obviously Chase Coleman fits that description. Heck, Brent Pry at Virginia Tech. Does anybody remember Brent Pry at Virginia Tech as being one of the stalwarts on their mid-1990s teams. No, he was a good player, key special teams contributor, did a lot of the little things. That's why it was a big move, and that's why for Chase Coleman going to Virginia, I could absolutely see that working out. We mentioned this before, but I tend to believe Kia Clark of Virginia is another guy who's got coach written all over him. He's been doubted all the time. He's had to find crafty and creative ways to maximize his skill set. 
he's limited. He's not going to make it long-term in the NBA because he's so short and he's got a limited game. Maybe he does go abroad, but maybe he gets into coaching. But a lot of guys that are very smart, but just there's only so much there in terms of physical God-given ability, they make the best coaches because they're driven in other ways to make other people better and know how to do that and have learned a lot along the way. Number three. So the Qatari Investment Authority, not to be confused with the primary investment fund of Saudi Arabia, private investment fund, whatever it is, public investment fund. Qatari Investment Authority. They are on the verge of officially, they've closed in on the deal to buy, a stake in the Washington Wizards, Capitals, and Mystics, making the NBA, NHL, and WNBA the first, but probably not the last, major American sports leagues to receive investment from a sovereign wealth fund. It Initially, the announcement of this came just a couple of weeks after the Saudi takeover of the PGA Tour. Again, let's call that decision. It is what it is. This is coming to sports. Whether you like it or not, it's the reality of sports. And there are other local angles that we can get to, and we'll get to another broader angle to this, but this is the reality of the world that we're living in. That you're starting to see foreign wealth go into sports. Newcastle United from the Premier League in Great Britain, they have investment from the Saudi Arabian government. Obviously, Formula One. More on this topic in number two in a moment. Qatari Investment Fund, not the same thing, but let's look back to the World Cup and the amount of people who died trying to build stadiums and all of the uh, you know shady human rights decisions and certainly not being built as a tolerant nation. Mock America for their tolerance or lack thereof. There are other countries that obviously have a worse track record of America in terms of tolerance to freely live your life. And again, we took yesterday as Independence Day to celebrate the ability to enjoy our freedoms, whatever they are. But there are other countries. That being said, these countries ultimately bring lots of dollar, dollar bills, y'all. And therefore, they will find a way in because that is the universal language of most wealthy individuals. Number two. Speaking of which as well, Tennis Australia CEO Craig Tilly welcoming the potential, quote, cash injection, end quote, that the sport might receive as the ATP has already been in talks with Saudi Arabia and their private investment fund, or the public investment, whatever it's called. The PIF of Saudi Arabia, the $650 billion, as in boy balloon, that's billion dollar fund, which is working their way into other sports. The WTA doing the same thing. And Billie Jean King coming out and basically saying, yeah, you know, ultimately this is a route that I could see us going. Well, it may help women's tennis get to equal pay, but it's the ironic sports washing that would come from this because you would have women perhaps getting equal pay up to men because Saudi Arabia buys in or maybe just flat out takes over the men's and women's tennis circuit. Actually, they might do a better job of getting them all on the same page than what they currently had where you've got four grand slams plus a couple of different organizations representing men and women and then a combination of those. I mean, it's, it's a lot of cumbersome details. We know you can just buy it all up and consolidate it. That's Saudi Arabia. But that's the truth of what's going on. And it is ironic as Billie Jean King, who is a fun, a woman, a woman, and is homosexual, accepting the idea of money coming in from a country that is not exactly known to be very friendly towards females or homosexuals. Yes, there's an irony to that. Uh, but at the end of the day, she too is speaking the same language that a lot of people speak, which is you may like the idea of tolerance. You may not like the idea of tolerance, but ultimately you're monitoring dollar, dollar, 
bills, y'all. Above everything else. And number one on the Fast Five at five-ish. So a couple of weeks ago in the Fast Lane, we had a compelling conversation with Michael Lombardi, GM Shuffle podcast and host. And he has the Daily Coach, which focuses on leadership. And we discussed different leadership elements from Malik Willis in his second year at Liberty University to the Washington Commanders when new ownership comes in over the next month and a half uh, at the end of this month when the sale is expected to become official right before the start of training camp. As that comes in, Jason Wright expected to remain as team president of the Commanders. Part of the reason why I'd say this is a good idea is when people look at the dysfunction within that organization, and there's been a lot of it, obviously, under the soon-to-be prior regime, a lot of that was believed to be stuff that really didn't happen under Jason Wright's watch and leadership. It happened under other people. And Lake Lewis is a friend of ours, of course, from SportsJourney.com and ABC TV up in D.C., but has said numerous times that he believes there are a lot of people. Jason Wright, Julie Donaldson, who's in the director of broadcasting as well, who is the director of broadcasting for the Washington Commanders, that they came in and were trying to create the best environment possible in spite of these challenges. And they had the team's best interest in heart. I think it's a smart move for Josh Harris. Certainly, you're going to have to find people. There's still a lot of stench that needs to be taken out of that organization. However, you look at what Washington has put together, ultimately, there are people that do care about it. And when you're taking over an organization or you have new leadership come in, you want to find people that genuinely care about the best interest of an organization, keep them around, learn from them as much as possible, and then when the opportunity presents itself, reward them with some of the credit for helping bridge the transition. There is the potential for this to be very good for Washington if it's handled correctly. Again, there have been concerns about Josh Harris, call me a bitter Sixers fan, because of the process and how it's never really netted any wins. However, even as dysfunctional as that situation was in Philadelphia, it ain't close to what Washington's had. And if you've got people that still care about this franchise in spite of the chaos that happened, came in knowing there was chaos, stuck it out through it as much as possible, and want that organization to succeed, it doesn't mean they'll be on board with the same style and approach of new organization. There may be a point where they say, look, this style is not for me. But keep them around as long as possible if you're Josh Harris and the incoming group. You need people that can explain what happened in the past, offer suggestions to make it better, and genuinely care about it. Those are the type of people that can get a lot of the current folks on board and help you decide who to keep around so you have turnover but the right kind of turnover not mass turnover but getting rid of the bad and keeping the good and there is your fast five at five ish so we're going to table our thoughts on nascar at chicago to 5:45 ish today and we do have some feedback coming from a guest that's going to join us tomorrow on liberty football because he's chimed in on more of an immediate outlook for this season believes that their first year in conference usa is set up to be a very good one Ali Oliver Hodgkinson of Pro Football Network has weighed in on that. You can do that as well. Fast Lane Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts that, plus our thoughts on NASCAR at Chicago and the meaning of the victory for Trackhouse Racing and Shane Van Griesberg. That still to come. Trey, correct my pronunciation. Ginsbergen. Ginsbergen. Or you can do like what I do on the Happy Hour podcast and just call him SVG the whole yes, time. And, yes, yes. And that's what I'd recommend. Yes, I'm cool with that as well, Trey. So we're going to run with that. SVG. Steve Post Motor Racing Network was there in Chicago. What was the setup like? Did he survive? Was it more wet yesterday when he ran his race? The heat and humidity or in Chicago itself? All of that still to come. One of our favorites here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.